are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. So good to be in church tonight. You're going to have to listen on purpose for about perhaps 15 minutes And then I believe that uh, you'll understand where we're going and I hope it'll be a help and a blessing to you. I have really not been in the presence of great political leaders like some of you. I think of Brother Williams back there and he was personally responsible. I've seen those pictures of President Reagan and personally responsible for George H. Bush and personally responsible for Dick Cheney. Uh, That had to be an amazing thing as you would usher him from building to building into those limousines and right there in his presence. I've not had that privilege. I have met with politicians and I have met with, I guess I could say one president, but I've met with, been in the room a close proximity with two I do remember one time he never he saw me and he waved at me, President Ford. 680 back here, my wife and I, 43 years ago, I began to pastor this church and we were living uh, on the back of what is now 680. And they decided to open it up. And there was a 12 or 16 foot block wall. We lived right up against it, right in the house. They decided that President Ford would open up 680 near Berryessa, Hostetter, coming that way. We lived right there off of Cropley. And I saw all these black SUV uh, suburbans coming by and all these motorcycles. And I'm perched up on top of that big old brick fence all by myself, concrete wall. And he went driving by in the limo and looked at me and waved. It's an amazing thing, and I waved back, so I've been in his presence also. <laughs> I know we're going, Miss Treber and I, to the, with the seniors uh, to Washington, D.C. She's never seen it. I'm so excited to show it to her on the senior trip here in a few weeks. And the Trumps have called us, and Melania has asked us to come to dinner at the White House. That's not, you see, you don't even think I, I know these, I don't know these people. I know a lot of criminals, but, and of course my staff, I know those guys, one and the same. I've not been in the presence of a lot of big politicians. But the few times I have been, I tell you what, it's, for me, it's a little intimidating. Now, mayors, and I'm not making light of it, but it's been so many years, and I've outlived all the mayors through the years that come through here, And, uh, you know, they seem so important now. Uh, they're come and gone, and we've got another mayor and another mayor and another. But I still, when I go to the mayor's office, I, I feel such a respect for the people that are in that office. And I feel like it's a special treat that I can go see the mayor. The chief of police is that way with me, and we're such personal good friends, but 
I feel like he's such a special man. But I also want you to know, I always feel somewhat that I'm approaching a very honorable person. And it's a little bit of a nervousness to me, being in the presence of someone so important. This chapter introduces us to the governor. You know this because you've read your Bible so much. I've read my Bible, but I never saw the word governor as much as I did just recently. In this text, in these few verses, eight times the governor is called governor. Can you imagine going to the state capital, whatever capital you're from, and and, and going to see the governor? I know Barney Fife did on Andy Griffith. He saw the governor, but uh, you'd have to watch that, and you probably don't know much about Barney Fife nowadays. But to see the governor would have to be a very humbling, very exciting, amazing experience. I wonder in this auditorium tonight, how many have been in the presence of a governor or a president or a vice president or a diplomat? I was at a prayer breakfast and King Abdul was there and I was with all these political people and down there in front was the Supreme Court just to, from here to the back wall or leave it closer than that. And I was sitting with our congressman and Quite frankly, it's very moving. Have you ever been in the presence of a political leader? Let me see your hands all, look at that. Keep them up from them, unbelievable. That is great. That is wonderful, it's amazing. We're in the presence of important people tonight. This governor, it's had to be an exciting moment. When people would go see the governor, Governor Pilate, a little bit different on this day. I want to introduce to you, by way of introduction, this governor. And now Jesus is summonsed. Jesus is summonsed to the governor. The son of God. The king of kings. And he's going to see the governor. Notice what the Bible says. When they bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the what, church? The governor, verse number two, the governor. That governor was the most powerful man in that jurisdiction. No one had more power than Pilate, the governor. I introduce to you in verse 11. And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, art thou the king of the Jews? The governor begins to question Jesus. Don't forget, the governor is the most powerful. Don't forget, the governor is questioning Jesus Christ. I remember that one time when I was the closest to any president, for a couple of hours, about six, seven feet away, President George W. Bush. And that morning I was on the Tennessee, I was in Tennessee preaching and I got in a plane and I'll never forget going to my hotel and that, that, getting up in my hotel. And that morning I had to board a flight from Tennessee to go to DC. 
And I'd been preaching there the night before, and that morning my shoes were shined, but I touched them up again. I'm going to see the king. I'm going to see the president. That morning my wife had my shirt when I left Santa Clara all ready to go, but I got the iron out and the ironing board, made sure everything was straight. I had my handkerchief, I had my cufflinks, I had it all. I put my hairpiece on to make myself look as good as possible. I'm going to see the president. Little did I know I'd be so close to him for several hours, a couple, two hours or so or more. Here is Jesus and he's before the governor, the most powerful man. Here is Jesus and he's being questioned by the governor. Questioned by the governor. Here is Jesus in verse 11. They stood before the governor and the governor asked him, saying, art thou the king of the Jews in verse number, verse number 13? And, and then said Pilate unto him, hearest thou not how many things are witnessed against thee? Aren't you listening, Jesus? Don't you listen what they're saying about you? They're, they're accusing you. Don't you? And can you imagine Pilate talking this way to Jesus? I think a little curt, I'm in charge here. I'm the boss here. Verse number 14, and he answered him, never a word. He didn't answer Jesus. Jesus, who is God? Standing before a man that looks so important. He didn't answer. In so much that the governor marveled greatly. I don't, I don't understand this. I can't comprehend it. Powerful man interrogating Jesus. And then he never answered a word. And he's silent before the governor. Verse number 15. Now at the feast, the who? Governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner who they would. They had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, Whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he had sat down on the judgment seat, can you imagine Jesus here? He, and now the, the governor of the land, he sits down. And his wife said, Honey, husband, he's not the governor to her. He's the, the husband. Wife said, have nothing to do with that just man. For I've suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas to destroy Jesus. Then the Bible says, verse 20, uh, 21, the governor answered and said unto them. Now he's talking to the people. Jesus is there hearing all this. Whether of the twain will he that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. And Pilate said unto them, now he's trying to appease, be a political leader, appease both crowds. What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? That'd be a good question for you and I to ask ourselves this week. What will we do with him this week? They said unto him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil hath he done? They cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but rather the tumult was made, they took water and washed their hands before the multitude. And he said, and this is not true, but he said, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. 
No, Pilate, you're guilty. Just like I'm guilty and you're guilty as sinners. Then answered the people, it's amazing how can you devalue your children's life? His blood be on us and our children. Verse 27, the soldiers, then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus. Judgment on his life. Jesus is gonna be crucified. And I ask you, I wonder how Governor Pilate felt the next day. If you that are listening and you in this great auditorium, I'll get to my message, but I wonder what it must feel like the day after you take drugs. Pilate, I wonder how you felt the next day. Drunkard, how does it feel the next day? You young people, you've never tasted liquor. You've never had drugs. Yet you're thinking you're missing out. There are some in this room, you're good kids, you're from good homes, and you say, I just wanna, that was me. Growing up as a high school kid in the 60s, I wanted everybody else. Well, Friday night, was, school was getting drunk. I didn't want to get drunk. I just wanted to be part. I wanted to see what it tasted like. Then after school, after high school, uh, the drugs came into our schools. I went off to college. I often wonder, how, what, would, what, would it, what would it be like to smoke marijuana? What would it be like to get on some LSD? What would it be like? You know, I don't think I missed out on anything. And young people, the devil's gonna try to tell you that you just wanna try it. You're just gonna wanna get drunk. And I'm telling you, the next morning you must feel awful. You're just gonna do the drugs and you're gonna feel awful the next morning. And the next morning after you commit adultery or fornication, you're gonna feel awful the next morning. Today, Jesus is standing in this chapter before Governor Pilate. Powerful man, a man that questioned Jesus, a man that accused Jesus, a man that interrogated Jesus, a man who was warned by his wife, don't have anything to do with him. A man that says, I, I'm gonna cave to the people. And he said, I want you to know I'm innocent. In closing tonight, and I'm not near done, but in closing. We have Jesus before Pilate. But I wanna fast forward 2,000 years. This year is 33 AD. 2,000 years from 33 AD. Jesus is not the accused. And Jesus is not the governor. He is the king of kings. And Pilate, and Pilate's wife, and those priests, and those judges, and Jack Treber will stand before the king of kings. There are two judgments. One judgment is for the saved, and one judgment is for the unsaved.
I bring your attention to the book of Revelation, if you'll turn there, please, chapter 20. As the Bible is getting ready to close the record, we get to Revelation chapter 20. And in Revelation 20, it is called the great white throne judgment. A governor is not on the throne, but Jesus, the Son of God, is King Jesus on the throne. And verse 11, I want you to read it with me, please. Verse 11 and verse number 12. Let's read it like we mean it. Ready, begin. And I saw a great white throne, and him sat on it, from whose trees, earth, and heaven, by the way, was found over against them. I saw the dead, saw the great standing before God, and the books were opened. stand before him, the governors and the presidents. The white, white throne judgment, no Christian stands there. But one day, all of humanity that has rejected Jesus Christ will stand before this one who is being judged by Pilate. But now on that day, the books will be open at that great white throne judgment. And the Bible says they'll be judged out of the things that are written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to those works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Read verse 15. Ready, begin, please. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life can we read it one more time? You read it so well. Read it one more time and I'll let you read. Ready, begin. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake Can you imagine your sweet mother or sweet father? That's why today, if they're rejecting Christ, you have to make every effort possible to bring them to salvation to Jesus Christ. You've got to witness, you've got to pray, you've got to fast. There must be fasting, there must be prayer, there must be a, a face-to-face mother. I know you don't wanna hear it, but I must tell you, I must tell you, there's a judgment coming as Jesus stood before Pilate. One day you'll stand before Jesus and the books will be open if your name is not written in the book of life. Dear mama, don't die and go to hell. Everyone will spend eternity in a place called heaven or a place called hell. And Jesus will now be the righteous judge. I think of that day, we were singing about it tonight. In 1956, we're just a few minutes from here. On a Sunday night, I love Sunday night. I'm never canceling Sunday night. Not on my watch. I got saved on a Sunday night. I got saved on Sunday. I'm glad I got saved. I don't, you, my, my wife was another night, family devotion. I know you can get saved. I got Sunday nights always been special. Pastor Smith was preaching. I was standing next to my dad, sitting next to my dad in that green, green little wooden chair. And conviction came all over my heart. I knew, I knew I was on my way to hell. No one had to tell me. 
I knew I was lost. I could not go in that first stanza. I don't know if it was the second or the third. I know I didn't go the first. I couldn't do that. I just couldn't put my foot out there and walk down the aisle somewhere around the second or third stanza. Praise God. Glory to God. I walked forward and I began to walk and I tell you, it was like I was walking on air. It was wonderful. I went down and said, Pastor, I need to get saved. And he turned to sweet Viva Morningstar and said, lead Jack to Christ. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior, and my God. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Glad I've been born again. There's really been a change in me. I'm never gonna stand before the great white throne. I'll never hear as Pilate condemned Jesus to death. I'll never hear Jesus say eternity in the lake of fire. I deserve it. I deserve it since salvation. I'm so thankful it's under the blood. It's under the blood. Christ did for me what I could not do. My sins of the past, they're all gone at last. Thank God it's under the blood. There's one more judgment. Will you turn with me to Romans 14? I'll have you turn here and then one of the text. In Romans 14 tonight, I'd like to read with you verse number 12. Romans 14, verse number 12. What a text this is tonight. As we see that one day we'll all stand before God. Verse 12, ready, begin. So then, ever shall give an account of himself to God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. Verse 7 says, We walk by faith and not by sight, for we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted at him. Let us read. Verse number 10, ready, begin. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to the measure of the fullness of Christ. The Bible says this, and as I'll stand before God, this is for Christians, it's the Bema seat judgment. I've turned there, you don't need to. Now, 1 Corinthians 3. 12, now if any man build upon this foundation, the foundation of Jesus Christ, he's speaking about verse 11. Then he begins to talk about that foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, or stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. Manifest is publicly declared. Everybody sees it. At the Bema Seat Judgment Christ, we'll have seven years while tribulation on planet Earth. We'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb and we'll have the judgment seat of Christ. Jack Cheever, and I'll walk to the judgment seat of Christ where Jesus Christ, the righteous judge, sits. I'll not be judged for my sins. My sins were judged at Calvary. I will be judged 
and it will be made manifest in front of you and my grandkids and my kids, all Christians, my works. It bothers me. Because so many times, I wonder, has it been the work of the flesh? Or the work of just simply myself? Or the work of pride? God wants honest, humble service for his name's sake. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire. The fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Five different rewards in the New Testament that are given to the child of God. And he says, I have a reward for you and God is gonna offer crowns and rewards and if any man's work be burned, he shall suffer loss. He himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Let no man deceive himself. You see, I'm gonna give an account. I'll give an account of my prayer life. I'll give an account of my time I walked with God. I'll give an account of the time I've warned the lost. I will give an account. And God will give rewards. There's the soul winner's crowd. There's the pastor's crown. There's those that have suffered and, and have suffered physically and perhaps a loneliness or whatever. And you've suffered. You've suffered without complaining. God has a crown for you. God has a crown those that, that, that it used their gifts and the, that God gave you at salvation for his glory. God has crowns to give to his people. And he'll say, Jack, I don't know. Most of the time, I don't think I'll have any crowns. It hurts me. But maybe, let's just say, let's say, by his grace, I hope, I'll win the pastor's crown. The purpose of my crown is not to strut all over heaven saying, look at me. Because heaven's not about looking at us, it's looking to him. And Revelation chapter number four and chapter five tells us I'll take that crown and I'll cast it after, at his feet because thou art worthy to receive honor and glory and praise and dominion and majesty forever and ever, amen, because he is worthy of praise. Can you imagine not having a crown to give to God? One day, Pilate, we're gonna stand before God. You're gonna stand at the great white throne judgment. If you're in this room as saved and if you're watching and you're saved, you'll stand at the beam of seat judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, not the white throne. I love what John Peterson wrote. Standing before him at last, trials and troubles all pass. Crowns at his feet we will cast. Jesus is coming again. Pilate, it's reversed, isn't it? Jesus is not standing before you. You're standing before Jesus. And Jesus isn't nervous. but you will be Pilate because you know it's coming. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. 
This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. You're either going to stand tonight in this room if you've rejected Christ at the great white throne and there'll not be second chances or opportunities. You'll miss heaven. And you will have condemned yourself to death in hell for all eternity. Perhaps this is your night to get saved. Perhaps church was open on Sunday nights for you to get saved tonight. And if you're saved, let's go win some crowns for Jesus this week and stand in his presence and saying, God, thou art worthy. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.